hello and welcome to another episode of the line in the sand podcast again i'm hamish i'm downcast uh, essendon staring at one and 12 what a shocking start to the season uh, but i picked myself up off the canvas to record another episode of the podcast how are you this evening amos uh, i mean much better form than you are hamish that's for sure liverpool are still marching onwards to four titles in one season which is unheard of mm-hmm. hawthorne were gallant Hawthorne's VFLW team were all conquering and uh, life is pretty good. So I can't complain too much. Mm-hmm. I've bounced into the podcast, let's say, for no good reason other than uh, Essendon having a shitty yeah. start to the year and it just makes me sing with happiness. <laughs> You're up and about and uh, I'm glad we can keep you excited there. Although I will remind you that Man City <laughs> is one point ahead of Liverpool on the English Premier League standings and is um, looking forward to lifting up that trophy again. It's a nervy run-in, my friend. It's, uh, I have to get fish to fry on Wednesday morning mm-hmm. and securing a spot in the Champions League final. So, Yes, yes. But more importantly, let's look to AFL. This is an AFL podcast. <laughs> we, maybe we can do a special um, Premier League European football episode at some stage, but there's a lot to talk about in football as there is every week. Um, hot off the presses, Daisy Pierce isn't retiring. She will be going around for another AFLW season, having signed on again with the Demons. Yes, going up back to the Ds, which is great news for AFLW, great news for the Demons. Mm. Um, and um, finally, we got something in time for recording. Exactly. We, we, we hit the news <laughs> instead yeah, 10 minutes too late. 20 minutes in and suddenly it's like, oh, shit, we missed something. No, but yeah. we, got, we got there. This was in, um, hot off the presses about an hour before we um, came yeah. on air. Do you think this is just a stepping stone to coaching the Demons in the future? Or do you think her career post-football is in the media? Uh, I actually think uh, I think she'll go into coaching at some point. Uh, I don't think she'll do a Gary Lyon stick to the media. However, uh, she's a Polish media performer. If she wanted to stay there, no one begrudge of that either um and potentially uh if you're talking pure dollars her uh, earning capacity is probably much higher there but um yeah i think uh we'll see her coaching at some stage sticking to the melbourne football club um they obviously got across the line against your boys on the weekend and um, yeah. we'll, we'll talk more about the game later but i did want to just touch on Max Gorn. Is there a better player in the league to lead a football club at the moment? No, he's certainly taken the mantle as the uh, the league's best captain at this stage. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously helps when you're leading the best team by a fair yeah. margin, but mm-hmm. um, I think he, uh, I mean, he Hawthorne's third string Ruckman and a de- debutante were against him this week, yeah. but uh, he went back to his old ways, shouldering the, the full load with... Um, yeah. Luke Jackson out. Mm. Um, I mean, he spent a little bit of time up forward and kicked a couple of big goals, which probably won the game for Melbourne, really gave yeah. him a fair, a bit of a buffer in the third quarter. But, um, oh, look, he's playing great football. Um, yeah. It was a good week to have him as captain of his super coach team. Uh, and, uh, yeah, his last 18 months have been off the charts. So we yeah. thought, like, there was, you know, all that talk 18 months, two years ago, Gorn, Grundy, Grundy, Gorn. Um, but there's clear, clear separation now. So. Oh, absolutely. I think he's put um, Grundy to the sword. Yeah. Uh, just, I, I, I watched um, some, I watched the game and, um, you know, it was 34 hit outs, 29 possessions and two goals yeah. from a Ruckman um, and the captain of the club. You could just mm. see the way it was marshalling the troops around him as well. It was a yeah. 
amazing effort and was, um, hats off to him. Yeah, it was reminiscent of, well, I guess, Jimmy Steins. Uh, really, I mean, Steins was the ultimate follower, wasn't he? He, mm. he was like a fifth on baller for Melbourne when he played, and uh, yeah. uh, and Gorn is uh, following in those footsteps and probably being a bit more damaging on the scoreboard at the same time. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, although he was great on on Saturday, um, I won't say he was the difference because the Melbourne team is just unbelievable at the moment. But uh, I'll go into that in a bit more detail. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's. Uh, I mean. If it wasn't such a dominated midfielder's medal, you almost put Max Gord on the in the betting for that yeah. for Brownlow's, mm-hmm. uh, and certainly at this stage would have to be favourites to captain the All Australian team. Oh, without a doubt, who else could you possibly put up there? Absolutely, oh, James Sisley, he cap- he's captain as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dyson Heppel, yeah, he's yeah. captain the All Australian, giving Essendon sport at the moment. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. 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 But um, nah, Gorney's going very well. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, um, sticking on the theme of dominating a game or at least having an impact, um, Jack Ginovan, another three-goal effort um, this weekend against Gold Coast. Um, Kane Corns has um, come out with a mea culpa and said he was wrong. Oh, the kid's going well, no doubt about that. There's got to be every chance for a rising star nomination if he hadn't got one for last week. Yeah. Um, I didn't see who got it for last week, actually. Um, and certainly would be up there to take it out given yeah. current form. I must admit, I don't like the show voting and all that sort of stuff, but equally, um, he's committed to you know, carrying on with it and he's playing good yeah. footy. Uh, to argue. It, it, you know, whilst he's performing, absolutely, I love it. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if it continues, if they're not performing as yeah. well or he's not performing as well and um, yeah. how the attitude changes because, you know, that'll show him, um, you know, the quality of him as yeah. an all-round footballer, like it, it's easy to showboat when you're doing well, but when you yeah. actually grind it out, that'll be um, where you sort of have yeah. to look at and see what's going on there. But I mean, look, I like the fact that Craig McRae is letting him have his head a bit. You know, yeah. Alistair Clarkson famously pulled the shotgun out of Mark Williams' repertoire, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and personally, I'm from the, the Jason Dunstall school of you kick a goal and you just wander back to the goal square and, you know, just pretend nothing happened and get on with the yeah. game. <laughs> but uh, mm. um, oh, you know, you need you need exuberance, don't you? a bit of excitement around it. Uh, you need some personalities um, in the game to keep the kids it. coming. Yeah, exactly right, hundred yeah. percent. So, um, fortunately, my son's not a Collingwood supporter, else I could easily see that jumper being yeah. on the, on his back. So, yeah, I, I do like the fact that he's rocking rocking the long sleeve jumper as well. I always mm. like someone rocking a long sleeve jumper. Um, but. Moving on to another, um, you know, young player, not quite the same quality of club at the moment. Uh, I wanted to talk about North Melbourne and um, one particular incident I saw on the um, weekend. I don't know if you've um, seen some of the replays of um, yeah. Jack Silvati um, <laughs> talking about how shit the um, North Melbourne Football Club is. Um, yes. The only person I could see in that game actually standing up for his club was Jason Horn Francis. And, mm. you know, this guy's going to be a superstar footballer. Don't get me wrong. He's probably going to be best on their list before the end of the season. But where's where's their senior players? What's going on? Why is he the one that's having them um, fly the flag for his club? It's a bit of an indictment, isn't it, um, mm. on, on some of their older guys? I mean, you look at, uh, you know, in the middle, in the middle of the ground, you know, oh, what's Jack Zebel doing? Why isn't he sort of yeah. ruffling a few feathers every now and again? And yeah, you know, and maybe some of the old blokes are a bit 
oh, you know, well, we've seen this, we've seen all this before. It doesn't actually achieve anything. But um, I mean, yeah, David King came out pretty strongly against saying they should be doing more stuff like that. But um, I actually like the kid's passion. You know, it just shows mm. that he cares. Yeah. Um, and you know, should other players be doing stuff that that he did? That's mm, debatable, but yeah. at least you know he's in it. He's yeah. not just there, um, you know, for his two years and looking to go back to South Australia or, or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, some other uh, draftees possibly would be in different circumstances. So, um, you know, he, he it just shows that he cares, and I, I quite liked it. Um, as for Jack Silvani, he might do yeah. well to remember where Carlton have been for the last ten years before he goes off spouting too much. And also the fact that. Um... You know, other than the fact he's side one, Horn Francis probably had a better game than he did anyway as well. Um, <coughs> yes. I guess, I... yeah, I guess the thing for me is, um, you know, I don't think they necessarily should have ended up like um, the game that was the um, namesake of our podcast. They didn't need to have <laughs> weeks of suspensions and um, haymakers thrown everywhere. Mm. But, um, like, if you've got someone taunting your club like that, at least stand up for yourself and don't oh, leave yeah. it to the 18-year-old to be the one that... Um, He's no, flying the flag for everybody. That's right. Him and uh, the footage, you know, Jai Simpkin getting involved as well. But, um, yeah, I agree. Um, doesn't need to be a brawl. Uh, it doesn't mean that best mates can't go out to dinner with their partners that night afterwards, mm-hmm. unlike uh, Simon Beaumont. And, um, who was the Essendon yeah. player? I've, I can see his face. Um, uh, Justin Murphy, yeah, and uh, but as you say, there should be more coming into to you know do something, just a body somewhere, you know, yeah, with all this sort of stuff. Um, and it doesn't even need to be Zebel Goldstein; these old old guys who've been around forever. Hmm. Now some of the mid rangers as well can get in and say, "Well, all right, well we're not going to cop it. We're going to stand up, and we've lost by fifty points. Who cares? But we're going to put something a marker down and say, right, this is yeah. us.' I mean." Maybe Nick Larkey tried it, but that was the most ridiculous uh, tunneling free kick I've ever yeah. seen. And um, yeah, he deserved everything he copped oh, more for that because that yeah. was that was that was woeful. That's not how you do it. Yeah. But um, yeah. Horn Francis showed how you do it. Yeah. Um, Joe Danaher's injured his shoulder again. We um, don't quite know how serious it is yet, but um, didn't seem to phase um, Sydney too much. We'll go through the game in a bit, but. Um, or didn't seem to face Brisbane, sorry. Um, but, you know, that could be a bit of concern for them going forward because he has finally found some form, but we don't know how many weeks he's going to be out for. Yeah, it's a bit disappointing for him personally, isn't it? Because he finally looks yeah. comfortable at the level again. His body's holding up well, um, you know, from all the groin injuries and, and everything he had at the Bombers. Um, and to get a contact injury like this is probably just frustrating because it's, yeah. I didn't see it, but potentially something he does a hundred times a game. I'm not sure, but uh, mm-hmm. um, oh, I just hope he's back quickly for Brisbane's sake and uh, yeah. for his own sake. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, uh, it just knocks it knocks just knocks another one out of the common medal, really. Yeah, yes, yeah, so, and, um, and, and clear, you know, the way for Peter Wright again. Um, to, <laughs> to put up the charts. That's it. That's it. Oh, he looked good on the weekend from what the ten minutes that I saw, but uh, the. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got uh, Hipwood coming back. Um, so that potentially dents some of those plans uh, if yeah. those two are not playing together for a significant period. So, yeah. Um, did you see Tom Brown's commentary on the weekend? 
I choose not to see Tom Brown's commentary. Well, on, I, I, you know, on I, any I, weekend. <laughs> well, you know, he, he he's making a lot of sense. So I'm not going to lie. Um, it's it's about time they got their flurry <laughs> draft pick. I mean, it's it's pretty woeful that they haven't got one yet. And I'm looking forward to um the AFL coming through at the end of the year and saying, yeah, here it is for you. You deserve it. Well, if done. the Bombers want a priority pick, it can be pick 63 in the rookie draft. <laughs> no, look, I, I'm being a little bit facetious. Um, there's, you know, Essendon, um, yeah, they haven't won a final in a while, but they've been thereabouts. Um, if anyone, and you can't blame poor picking for this season's um, woes. There, there's other problems there, but I think there's a few clubs ahead of um, Essendon if they are going to bring back the um, priority pick, the mm. um, the, the Ruse and the Eagles being the two obvious ones. But Yeah, well, I think, the Roos are at the top of the queue, um, yeah. obviously. Um, they just look a shell of a football side at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, do they, I mean, they have what, three seasons in the doldrums, I suppose. Is that enough to warrant a priority yeah. pick? Is it actually going to help them if they haven't got their own systems in place to get better anyway? Yeah. Um, I mean, let's not, let's be honest. They started last season Norton 8, I think, before they got Hawthorne off down in Tassie. Hmm. Um, and then Maryland home to finish reasonably well with a bit of hope. Yeah. Uh, but this season, it seems to have started off the same way. So I'm always cautious about these um, discussions at this time of the year. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, there's, um, you know, trade rumours and things going around at the same time. And I'm like, well, hang on, let's not, uh, you know, talking about the Eagles needing to blow up their list. And it's like, well, it's round eight. Uh, there's still 14, 15 rounds to go. So the Eagles could still, we're not going to say they make the finals, but they could still finish off reasonably well. Yeah. Um, so do they, you know, it's to me, it's just clickbait uh, until the AFL actually comes out. Oh, yeah. The they're just trying to um, fill column inches. Um, yeah. And um, it'll be interesting to see what comes of it. But I uh, look, I'm at, yeah, I'm, yeah, it was interesting time. I, I can't even think of why Tom Brown came out with that thought bubble so early in the season. There's a lot more <laughs> football to play out and a lot lot could change between now and then. But I, I don't think even if it's another bad year, it's been long enough to give them the priority pick. There's theoretically, like Essendon, their list has talent on it. And it's if there's other problems in the football club, meaning it's not being put together, you've got to fix that first before you give them a draft pick. Oh, I, I agree, hundred percent. So yeah, you know, um, last year they had uh, well, pick one. Obviously with Juan yeah. Francis. The year before that they had pick one. Uh, sorry, pick three or four. Can't remember with the yeah. father son stuff. Um, uh, and then uh, pick twelve or thirteen. Uh, and then another pick in the sort of the late twenties, early thirties. So it's not as if they haven't had access to mm. to decent players in that time and. You know, with Powell, I think they got it picked 12 or 13, um, 18 months ago. Uh, Will Phillips, who, you know, looks like he could be anything. And Horn Francis, obviously, will be something. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, um, they've had that access, and now they've just got to put it together on the park. I think what's killing them, though, is that they're, as we talked about, with the uh, leadership sort of stuff, their senior players in the middle of the ground are either not out there with, um, uh, you know, Cunnington and his unfortunate illness, yeah. uh, Jed Anderson and his stance on vaccination mm-hmm. uh, would be a handy inclusion to add a bit of grunt. Um, you know, and then uh, players like 
uh, Jai Stivkin, who's just coming into his own, had a great year last yeah. year, and it's you know probably had more time put into him by opposition this year because he's probably the only damaging player they've got. Um, it, yeah, I, I don't think that is the priority pick this year, personally. Um, if they go this badly next year and have four wins or less, then then maybe it's maybe it's a different story. The equalization yeah. then, but yeah, yeah. And as for West Coast, um, yeah, one trade, if you believe the media reports, appears to have blown up their list strategy for the last 10 years Yeah, in uh, Tim Kelly going. Uh, I think they gave up three first-round picks for him. But, um, you know, uh, again, uh, they've got decent players at West Coast. They just need to get a bit of confidence and mm. a bit of fitness. And, and they'll win a few games in Perth. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about the Eagles. Mm-hmm. What is coming up, though, is the mid-season draft. Um, there are five clubs we, we guaranteed to have a spot, and so potentially picks in Carlton, Frio, Geelong, Hawthorne and Sydney, but potentially also Adelaide <coughs> um, that could open up a spot if they just, yeah. um, with um, Rory Sloan being, or yeah. uh, with the knee injury. You'd expect they would. Yeah. Um, I can't say they're having cap pressure, yeah. so you'd expect that they would, yeah. Yeah. Don't know about it enough about the other teams' lists to speculate on who they might find. But who do you, what does Hawthorne need? Is Hawthorne, who's Hawthorne going to get for? Are they going to fill a ruck spot as a short-term um, need, or are you got Ruckman coming back so they won't worry about that? Well, if you believe the reports, uh, McAvoy is going to be back in a couple of months. So, yeah, that's only going to be four weeks after the, the mid-season draft um, or thereabouts. Uh, and then Ned Reeves certainly slated to come back in the second half of the year as well. So, um, look, it wouldn't surprise me because there's that potential that they have no Ruckman if Max Lynch gets injured. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for him, he is a little prone to concussion uh, issues. Um, yeah, and anyone can go down with health and safety protocols yeah. uh, at any time. So, um, it wouldn't be the worst move if they plucked a, a mature rager from somewhere to fill that hole for a bit and add a bit of security. Um, and if they play two or three games and spend the rest of the year at Box Hill, that's not a bad thing either because uh, Box Hill are playing without a ruckman at the moment. So, um, you know, that that would make sense to me. However, powers that be may have found a diamond in the rough like yeah. they did with Jai Newcomb, um, who's uh, yeah, going really well at the moment. And that could be, you know, even more important because someone else might snap him up later. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, to me, on on, yeah, high level on the face of it, uh, a backup ruckman would make perfect sense. Yes, if there's is, nothing is there, else out, yeah. if there's nothing else out there, that would make sense. But like you said, if there's um something else um mm. in the late, you know, these people have paid a lot of money to watch a lot more games of football than we do. So, um, <laughs> Unfortunately, this podcast doesn't pay the bills, so we still have to go and work. We can't watch all yeah. these games. So come on, people, give us yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll put our donations link in the um, Facebook page. Yeah, that's it. We'll, we'll share it with Coke. <laughs> Before we get to the games, I wanted to talk about the um, broad. Well, do the bombers have any spots? That's the no. The bombers um, took Martin and Wanganine with their last two list spots. Is there any the, long-term injuries? Top up. No, no, no long-term Nothing. injuries. So bomb, no, the Bombers won't be participating in the um, mid-season draft. Do you think they will if something opens up? I mean, you don't want to see anyone get injured, but, you know. Uh, look, I, I think they feel like, you know, touch wood doesn't happen, but if someone did get injured in the next couple of weeks, they 
probably would fill that spot. But um, yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen, and um, that's not something they have to worry about. I wouldn't think they'd be putting too much effort into finding someone because that's not part of the plan. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. Um, has the AFL already decided that they're going to um, give Channel Ten and Paramount the um, TV rights next year? I um, I ask that a little facetiously, but you know, there's reports coming out that um, suggest the AFL is unhappy with Channel Seven <laughs> and Fox for um, cancelling some of their TV, um, their footy talk shows and other primetime viewing outside of the games. Well, I think it's mainly. Um pointed at channel seven because oh yeah so yeah most of, yeah channel seven and, and, and i did find it a bit uh disingenuous that ross Lyon on a on the channel nine show um came out and potted channel seven for not having any you know other footy shows and yet uh channel nine got three and uh channel 10 or, or sorry foxtel got whatever they've got mm-hmm. um i'm like ross you're not even you're there just because you haven't got a coaching gig so yeah. as if you really give a shit whether Channel 7 have got footy yeah. shows or not, you famously would, you know, go on disdainfully to any any other of the TV yeah. shows. So, um, you know, if it was Craig Hutchison or Gary Lyon, someone else making the comments who have been around yeah. for a long time in opposition camps, then I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. take it a bit more. But to me, that was a bit of a current affair work at its best yeah. for mine. However, um, I have thought <coughs> for a long time that Channel 7 just – pay lip service to their football coverage. Yeah. Um, they do it because they paid the money for it. Um, it almost seems as if they paid so much that they can't afford to do anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I do wonder whether it's um whether, whether it's either a COVID hit um and it or whether they've just said, oh well we got away with it during COVID by having people at home and not doing all these extra things. Maybe we'll just yeah. um yeah. See if we can keep doing it on the cheap for the rest of well, it. Hopefully. I mean, yeah. they are they are sending their commentary teams to the games because um, yeah. um, the team was up in Cairns on Saturday night for the St Kilda Port game. Uh, Richo was out during that day, you know, doing some um, clinics and other stuff which he put up on his yeah. social media. So they are sending them to the games, which is the right thing to do. Um, and if I was the AFL, I'd be that'd be stipulated in any contract. Yeah, must must commentate from the grounds. Uh, where possible, um, but um, to me, channel you know, Channel Seven's long-held re- reluctance or refusal to uh, show games in high definition until they're absolutely forced to, um, and all this sort of stuff. It's just like, well, you actually, do you actually care about the product that you're producing, or are you just, mm. you know, as I said, it just comes off that you paid so much that you can't actually afford to put it on. Yeah. So, yeah, just um, dialing it in. Exactly. So I wouldn't be unhappy with the change. Um, I'd kind of like Foxtel to to keep keep there. I think they do a really good job, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I remember uh, it was always annoying when your team had a free-to-air game because you'd get the, the shitter commentary teams, in my opinion. But um, um, I think Foxtel have, have done a great job for 20 years, you know, trying yeah. to... Um, grow their their football brand yeah um, it wouldn't but, surprise me if um 10 and paramount ended up winning if they then yeah. unsold some of the games to fox anyway yeah um so that it could be simulcast or whatever and just yeah. do it that way yeah i think um yeah if that was the case that obviously 10 would have 
two or three games are free to air, you know, and then Paramount would have all the games. Yeah. Uh, and Fox would have another two or three that, yeah. um, you know, would be simulcast through Paramount, similar to what they do now, just mm. with Fox having all the games. So, yeah. Yeah. And of course, they'd have all their talk shows because that would yeah. be part of the deal. And, um, yeah. 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 That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, if they, whether it's true or not, if the AFL is disappointed with Channel 7, um, I think the whole footy fandom is disappointed with Channel yeah. 7 because their coverage is just pathetic. Yes, I, I just um, I, I laugh because you don't often get things published in the media when it comes to AFL unless there's mm. some grain of truth to it. Yeah, this is true. Mm. Uh, let's start talking about some of the games. Um, Friday night, there was a lot of um, mirth about these guys getting the Friday night game and especially given the result, but apparently it did get huge TV audiences. Um mm. There was a massive audience to watch uh, the Tigers steamroll the Eagles, let's face it, 109 point wins, 165 to 56. Did you watch the game? I did. I somehow sat through it. I was yeah. saying to my old man on the weekend, you know, when your team's not involved, how bad is it watching a, a demolition yeah. like that? It is just so boring. But, you know. Um, they were just oh, uncompetitive. There was They, they absolutely yeah. were. Correct. Um, yeah. There was no spark or fight or fire. Yeah. I mean, Tom Lynch had 12 shots at goal plus another couple out in the full. Mm. So that was Buddy esque, you, know? yeah. you know. He's the one who clocks up that amount of yeah. ball, you know. Mm. Um, uh, Shy Bolton dominated. I mean, he's a good little player, Shy Bolton. Yeah. It's not to say that he's not, but uh, he absolutely killed it. West Coast just looked disinterested. And I mean, I can understand. I've been there myself on the footy field when you're down by 10 goals halfway through the third quarter, it can snowball yeah. pretty quickly. Um, but there are efforts and standards yeah. that need to be upheld as well. Um, you know, uh, are Richmond that good? No, I don't think so. Are West Coast that bad? I certainly looked at it on Friday night. Um, are Richmond back? No, I don't think so. No. Um, because effectively they played, you know, one of the waffle team's seconds or Colts, yeah. maybe as they call it over there. Um, so yeah, uh, Richmond against Collingwood is going to be a good game this week. It's, yeah, it'll be uh, a close one. Yeah, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that we're openly disdainful of anything Collingwood on this podcast, I'd want them to win. But <laughs> yes, but we can't have that. No, we can't have that. Yeah. So we have to go for the tag. Yeah, the only <laughs> downside for Richmond is. Um, Probably Dion Prestia getting injured again. He's um, when he's on, he's on, but he can't get sort of more than two, two and a half games in a row at the moment. It seems, and um, yeah. they can only put up with that for so long before they say, "Look, Dion, we love you, but your time's up." Yeah, yeah, he's in that frustrating phase of a career where his uh, his body's just not helping him out, and you know, an extended break might just be the best thing. Mm. Six or eight weeks. Yeah. I know he's had six or eight weeks breaks the last two or three seasons and it's still yeah. going on, but you know, you've got to find something to build him mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Uh, Send him over did... to Germany and fill it full of cows, <laughs> blood, or whatever one of those. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. But uh, I mean, Hawthorne did it with Cyril Rioli. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hawthorne were famous. Anytime you had an injury of six weeks or more, basically they'd put you out for eight to 10 and make you do a sort of a mini two to three week pre-season just to make yeah. sure you were cherry right when you came back. So, um, yeah, maybe they have to start thinking about something like that. But, um, 
I feel sorry for him because he's he's a gun. Yeah. Um, looks like Frio's the real deal. <laughs> I, I texted uh, one of one of our listeners uh, as that result came through, saying it doesn't matter what happens in our game. It's been a good weekend. Yeah. And uh, well, that was great. Uh, and if you believe so, I saw parts of that game, and Fremantle just looked rock solid. Yeah. Uh, particularly on a ground as foreign to most teams as Cadenia Park is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they just played it beautifully. And I mean, Tom Stewart was Geelong's best player by a mile, and he's in all Australian form. Um, we'll start talking about that sort of stuff, I suppose. But, um, you know, Fremantle uh, just uh, forced Geelong into a lot of mistakes, and yeah. it's opening the conversation that we started at the start of the year on both Richmond and, and Geelong. Yeah. Um, how quickly will the end come? Because Geelong don't lose lose games like that. No, so. old Geelong wouldn't have. And, you know, to, in their defence, they did mount a fairly strong comeback and, and did get within three points. And mm. But, yeah. you know, it's um, speaking of old players, it was David Mundy that went in at the um, that last that's, centre bounce and it. got one handball um, that um, got cut off, got a bit, kept chasing it and... Um, did the business. Ate, um, ate up enough of that last 26 seconds to make sure they got across the line. That's it. So, but anyway, you know, he's one old player in a team of good, good young good players. Good young players, and probably um, close to Brownlow. Um, well, as well, he is one of the favourites in the Brownlow now, obviously, and in Brayshaw. Um, yeah, he's yeah. Um, dominating there in the midfield. Yeah, so, um, absolutely, he, he's probably benefited from a, uh, yeah, out of Chera moving on, mm. Fife not playing. He's really assumed the mantle, hasn't he? What to like about Fremantle going forward? Um, GWS got the job done over um, Adelaide. They did that fairly easily, fifty-nine oh, points. This is the upset of the round for me. I, we were coming home from somewhere and had it on in the car and um, on the radio, and uh, tuned in at, at sort of the first quarter, and yeah. um, GWS were all over them. Uh, the commentary team was sort of saying, "Oh, it's breeze. They're kicking with the breeze." Mm-hmm. So you sort of think, oh, well, second quarter should even up. And then um, when I looked about an hour later, they were up by 45, 50 points. I said, bloody hell, where's that come yeah. from? Uh, and they look really slick, really good. Yeah. Toby Green, four goals from yeah. 10 or 12 possessions. Uh, you know, he's going to take a couple of weeks to get back, but he looks really good. Uh, and uh, as they have said, it was the response that Leon Cameron needed. Uh, yeah. And don't wait till the end of the season. Sign him up now. Even though yeah. last week we said to sack you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But look, it, it shows, you know, he might be a bit crazy, but it shows how much of a big difference um, Green does make to that side, kicking four oh. goals and um, yeah. marshalling the troops up front there. Yeah, and, uh, and Braden Proust had a really good game. And I'm, I mean, I've not been a huge fan of his, but I'm actually quite happy that he's finally seems to be getting a decent run at it yeah. um, and able to put some good fielding together. So, yeah. Um, Good big tick for GWS. Yeah. Adelaide would be disappointed. They were pretty good form the last four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that one sort of let it slip a bit. So Yes, they. Um, I think they might have got a bit ahead themselves and um, let them in there. But um, I'm sure they'll bounce back fairly quickly. They had, like you said, they had been in relatively good form. So I don't think they'll let it keep them keep it down for too long. But it'll be yeah. interesting to see if um, uh, GWS can keep it up after a game like that because that sort of will start to change the expectations of them. Yeah, well, I forget. Uh, go over it 
later, but uh, the match, oh, they're playing Geelong this week, so that will be a very interesting uh, game in Canberra. Yeah. Uh, you would have said a couple of weeks ago, Geelong will win that easily, but uh, not so much anymore. No, not after last weekend. Correct. Um, Robbie Gray picked the, kicked the most important point of his career in um, <laughs> the one-point win over St Kilda. Oh, I was talking about, I bumped into a mate of mine in the city today, and he's a Saints man, and uh, we were talking briefly about the game, and we both said we're sick of all this commentary about St Kilda selling games and you know really rocking their seasons and whatever else. Fact of the matter is, if they had to kick five goals eighteen instead of four goals nineteen, they win the game. Or instead of having uh, you know two goals six or eight or whatever it was at quarter time uh, and kicking you know five goals three, for example, yeah, they they win the game. They just didn't take their opportunities. Yeah. So the fact that it doesn't matter whether it's Cairns or Wellington or wherever, yeah. Um, last Saturday night they blew it. Oh yeah, look, um, you're right. It was what four eighteen to five thirteen. So obviously both sides weren't kicking particularly straight, but St Kilda had more scoring shots. If they got yeah. one one of those goals, yeah, um, it changes the result. Oh, and I don't want to pot people because it's hard enough getting a kick in AFL footy. I presume, yeah. not having been there myself, but. Uh, you know, I saw before I um, switched on Liverpool, um, you know, Max King missed one from 35 out directly in front. Jack Higgins missed one from 35 out directly in front um, and a couple of others. You know, so they've got no one else to blame but themselves. They can't blame the fact that it was wet and slippery being in Cairns. They can't blame the yeah. fact that they were in Cairns. All they can blame is the fact that they didn't get the job done. Yeah. So, uh, and credit to Port. They just kept plugging away. Mm. All the all of the match that I saw, St Kilda looked like they were the better team, uh, but Port just kept plugging away. And then when I looked at about eleven thirty on Saturday night and um, saw that uh, Port Adelaide, won, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> mm. That's not what I was expecting to see because St Kilda uh, dominated the play. But uh, anyway, uh, given their recent form, though, I'm sure St Kilda will bounce back fairly quickly and won't let that hold them down for too long. Oh, I don't know. There's some very pessimistic St Kilda supporters out there that see this is the beginning of the end already. The beginning of all <laughs> the classic, um, classic supporters. Then obviously that's, that's it. So I just you've got to embrace being in the top four, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> Carlton, Carlton did it easily, but I don't know that that was particularly a sign of Carlton being that good, or just the fact that North Melbourne are that bad. Uh, I think yeah, I think that that's probably the the, the more likely scenario. Yeah. Carlton Roy is going to win this game, I think. Um, I don't think there's any surprises there. Um, they were able to put seven or eight goals on in the third quarter and really take the game yeah. away from North, and I think that's what everyone expected. Yeah, um, I guess one of the big things for me out of this game, though, was Nick Larkey's a fair dickhead, isn't he? <laughs> it was a shocking. Why would you do that? Mm. Um, oh, I'm surprised he only got a week. Like, uh, to I, me, that to me that was just that that is more abhorrent than uh, the kid who's got suspended for the bump when he hit someone fair and square in the shoulder. Yeah, uh, for Carlton, and he's been uh, rubbed out for a couple uh, for bumping someone too hard. Yeah, effectively. Yeah. So I believe they are challenging that though. Yeah, Carlton have uh, yeah. said that they're challenging. So hopefully they plead not guilty, and mm. it is up to the tribunal then to decide. Yeah. Uh, you know. You're allowed to bump. Just don't hit someone in the head. Hit someone in the yeah. head. You're fair game. Yeah, yeah. If you 
sends someone's shoulder three rows back, good on you. Mm. Just don't do it to their head. Yeah, just don't, don't, don't give someone concussion. Yep. And everything's going to be okay. Yep. Yeah. Even if yeah. you hit them with a wet lettuce like Paddy Wright did to Will Day a few weeks mm. ago. So anyway, does not don't get me started at the tribunal. Yeah, does, <laughs> does not make much sense to me. I'm not going to lie. No. But um, I think the main outcome of that game is just the fact that um, North Melbourne's in a pretty woeful place at the moment and has to do a fair bit of heavy lifting yeah. to um, get their shit sorted. That's it. They might be with you at 1 and 12. You had to bring that up again, didn't you? Um Anyway, well, do, do you I, guys play you... each other soon? That could be a, could be a nil all draw. Could be a, yes. Um, oh, I'm, I'm saying all this the week before we play each other, which is very very dangerous. Heaven <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> help us if you come out and win on Saturday night. Oh, uh, you'll be hearing about it on Saturday <laughs> night if we come out and win on Saturday night. But um, before we get to next week, um, the Pies got the job done, 25 points over the Suns. Yeah, I saw a fair bit of this game. It was actually really entertaining. Yeah. Both teams just went for it. Uh, Collingwood were a bit stronger uh, and able to kick two or three goals in a row multiple times and, and yeah. Gold Coast spent a bit of time yeah they'd get back to 10 points and then Collingwood get another couple of goals again whether it by good footy a couple of dodgy yeah. 50s or or otherwise but uh, what was really good about this game was that um, just the pack marking was some mm. good old school you know contested Levi Casbolt yeah. marked everything in the first half kicked four goals um, Darcy Cameron for Collingwood was marking everything up the other end. Ginevan, as we've talked about, you know, he had his goal of the year um, you know, nomination, which hopefully we'll, we'll get through. Um, you know, so it was just a good, entertaining game yeah. of footy. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I thought Gold Coast should have won, looking at the personnel and how they've set up forward line. Yeah. Maybe Ochoa looks like he's playing all right for them. Um, but Collingwood just proved that um, some of their older heads were a yeah. bit better than some of the Gold Coast older heads. Yeah, so. they, they just grounded out. I mean, yeah. you know, Anderson and Miller in the middle had heaps of possessions, both over yeah. 30. Like yeah. I said, Casbolt kicked four goals. Um, Troy kicked um, three. Uh, but mm. Collingwood just grounded out and got the job done. Yeah, it was a, a good entertaining game at footy. But unfortunately, yeah. Collingwood got the chocolates. Yes, I mean, it's disappointing to see, but, um, you know, good on him and well done to Craig McRae of you know, mm. getting the team probably exceeding expectations at the moment. And they're sitting in the eight, so good luck yeah. to them. Yeah, exactly. And, and for lovers of the father-son rule, uh, I think Collingwood had five on the weekend, potentially. That's certainly two Dacos mm-hmm. boys, two Brown boys, and maybe a Kelly. Yeah. Uh, and certainly the two Dacos boys. If they don't bring back memories of their old man, yeah, you know, just running onto the ball and yeah. kicking goals at will. It, it, I mean, it's it's great to see. No. As much as yeah, it, yeah, it, it, as I say it with re- the cities. <laughs> right. I say it with reservations, but I mean Peter yeah. Bakos was a magician, yeah. as we know, uh, and his boys look like being every bit uh, yeah. the modern day versions of their dad. And um, yeah, it's really good to see. Yeah, um, can Brisbane knock off Melbourne and win a premiership? Oh, well, they're doing everything right so far, aren't they? Uh, Joe Danaher going down, throws a spanner in the works, but uh, every team's got to cope with injuries at some stage. Yeah. Uh, oh, I still think Melbourne are a fair way ahead of everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about it in a minute when we talk about the Melbourne Hawthorne game, but, um, you know, I just think they're, they're a cut above at the moment. 
And, um, you know, it's not easy to defend a premiership, let alone start your premiership defence seven and zip. Um, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. And so in that saying, I don't mm. think Brisbane will beat them. Yeah. Um, Lockie Neal's back to his best, but, you know, Buddy also had a huge game as well, kicking six. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I missed the start of this game and I was listening to a fair bit of it on the way home from um, the most disappointing game of the weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, Sydney, the second half there came out and kicked sort of four or five goals in a row and looked like they were going to get back in the game after... Yeah. Um, being steamrolled right from the beginning, but then um, Brisbane found a, another gear and um, kicked up again and just went yeah. away with it. It was interesting. We were listening in the car as well. I was coming back from watching my nephew play footy um, and they got steamrolled by about 20 goals. Um, but uh, interesting, you know, the commentary team was saying, God, we thought this was going to be a match of the round. It's one goal, two to one goal, two, 25 minutes into the first quarter. Um, and then uh, we sort of got home about quarter time and, um, Brisbane evidently kicked away in the second quarter and were able to hold sway throughout. So, um, look, I don't think it damages Sydney too much. Um, they played a really good side. We all think Brisbane's going to finish mm. in the top four uh, and Sydney are going to be thereabouts as well. So, um, and it's good to see Buddy back back in a bit of form. Uh, hopefully he's got a few more encores left in him yeah. uh, before he hangs up the boots because... There ain't been a finer sight in footy for many a year. How was the weekend for the Hawthorne Football Club? Well, we'll start at the end. Uh, we're celebrating 30 years today since Jason Dunstall kicked 17 goals, five against the Tigers back in 1992 out at Waverley. Um, Just missed out by one goal on Fred well, Fanning's record. If he, if he turned one or two of those... Um, Five behinds around. Um... It was 17 goals, five and three posters, would you believe? So, and apparently had one pinched on the line by Paul Hudson, if you believe some of the media reports today. But um, anyway, uh, an amazing effort. I wasn't there because I was in trouble with mum and dad. My brother had offered to take me, but mum and dad put their foot down and said no. So that's one of my biggest life regrets. I can't remember what I did to get in trouble, but there it was. And uh, anyway, uh, and there's very little footage of this game in anywhere because it wasn't uh, televised like games are today. So, um, but uh, certainly the biggest haul. And the only one who's got close is Tony Lockett, I think, with uh, 16 mm. uh, since then. Um, but uh, as for current day Hawthorne, um, a pretty good weekend, I would have thought. Probably a middle of the road weekend when you look at it. So uh, we'll kick off with uh, the... AFL team uh, who played on Saturday. Uh, obviously, went down to the Demons by 10 points. Uh, Melbourne reasonably disrupted with uh, COVID running through the club. Coach not coaching. Adam Uze, ex-Melbourne legend and Hawthorne assistant coach, took the reins and kept the assistant coaches run alive. Uh, going all the way back to Brendan Bolton, I think, mm. who uh, won five in a row as Hawthorne assistant when Alistair Clarkson had Guillaume Barr back in 2014. Anyway, uh, seven in a row for assistant coaches this year, so that's not a bad effort. Um, but the Melbourne system is just too good. They're, uh, you know, like every top premiership team, the system 
is what mm. does it for them. It's not the personnel have got to play out the system, but the system is that good that yeah. it doesn't matter who you put where, they just do it so easily. Uh, Hawthorne were pretty gallant, uh, but lacked a bit of composure um, when Melbourne were uh, getting their skates on. Uh, Luke Bruce and Jack Gunston, probably the biggest culprits missing uh, two or three gettable goals uh, when Melbourne were putting a bit of a charge on that would have kept things a bit closer. Um, and, you know, you always sort of look at the score and go, we'll kick 11 goals, 15. If we kick 15, 11, we would have won. Um, and But the game doesn't always play out that way. Uh, but this is one of those games where it potentially could have. So I think Jack Gunston missed three really gettable shots for him in the second and third quarters. And Bruce missed a couple as well, which effectively turns it from 11-15 to 15-11. Mm. That's not to say Melbourne wouldn't have scored 16-11, mind you. Um, but... Um, Look, it was a really good game of footy. Um, the Demons always sort of in the second and third quarters got away to five goal lead a couple of times and it always felt like they had Hawthorne at arm's length. Mm. Um, but um, some really encouraging performances. Uh, so Finn McGuinness uh, wasn't even in the original team but then came in uh, as a late uh, inclusion um, and was set on Ed Langdon and kept Ed Langdon to nine possessions and ran pretty much up and down the southern wing with him everywhere he went. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first time since 2018 that Ed Langdon hasn't had 10 touches or more. So massive tick for Finn McGuinness. Dylan Moore played a really good game. Um, he's not showed that he's not just going to be a small forward. Uh, he went up the ground and played in the middle a bit and, and it ended up with 33 touches. So uh, a really good game from him. Um, Hawthorne started to rest a couple of the kids um, this week. So Denver Granger Barras was out as was uh Josh Ward. So I suspect uh, Connor McDonald will have a rest in the next couple of weeks as well, um, just to keep them fresh. Uh, but, um, yeah, given our capitulation against Sydney, uh, could have easily capitulated against the Demons, but, um, you know, they kept fighting the fight and mm. uh, went down by 10 points in the end. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Hawthorne have openly said we're coming out to play more attacking and aggressive footing and they kept looking for that aggressive yeah. option um, often when it wasn't on. So I'd like to see, yeah. like I like seeing the aggressive attempts and things, but sometimes you want to see a bit of mm-hmm. layers as well where you might just hold up for a second and, and see if there's a better option rather than the one you want. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, look, that's the way they're going and it's entertaining and it's exciting and uh, we're not getting massive scores kicked against us. Um, so uh, things are holding up pretty well. Um, I jokingly touched on James Sisley being all Australian captain earlier, mm. uh, but he's in some serious form and has to be considered in the early yeah. going as being a, an all Australian selection, I would have thought. Um, and it was great to see Jacob Kosicki come in and kick four goals. Um, he's played a few games at Box Hill. Mitch Lewis has grabbed all the headlines as the young up-and-coming forward at Hawthorne. Yeah. Uh, he's been out with a hamstring for two weeks, so it was great to see Kaczynski come in and, and carry on a bit of form that he had last year, um, especially on what is supposed to be the best defence in the competition. So really happy to see that. Um, and Jackson Callow uh, debuted uh, against the Demons. He was pretty solid. He was thrown around the ground. He was second ruckman. Uh, you know, often going against Max Gorn or Sam Wiedemann. Um, so you can clearly see he's not a follower. Uh, but, um, yeah, he acquitted himself okay. He was solid without being spectacular. 
showed a couple of glimpses of, of what he could bring. I think his first touch in AFL footy was a strong contested mark, which is what he's known for. Yeah, you know, really strong hands, um, and he did that well. So uh, certainly uh, one to watch out for. If Hawthorne look at a, a three-pronged attack at any stage in their you know, future over the next three or four years. Uh, but uh, a pretty good effort considering you're playing the top side. So pretty happy. Yeah. Yeah, I really um, enjoyed, I watched this game. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was very impressed with um, the Hawks. I, um, you know, that first quarter, they were in, they were in front at quarter time. And, um, mm. you know, I didn't think they were going to be able to hold <laughs> on to that. I think it was just a slower start for Melbourne. And, you know, yes, they played the system, but there was, you know, there were a few plugs in that system and they were just still trying to find their feet a little bit. Um, yeah, agree. And... But, you know, you look at the last quarter, um, Hawthorne kicked three, four to um, four points and um, mm. they, they kept coming, whereas, um, which was a very different last quarter to a week ago against the Swans. And I think that's um, um, a massive improvement for your club and um, exciting times to look forward to. And like you mentioned, Kaczynski, um, he seems to be franking... Uh, the form and the reasons he was picked uh, so high last season and um, mm. looks like he could be the goods. Oh, I think he will be. I think him and Lewis will both be, yeah, they'll, they'll be our key pillars, obviously, for the next, uh, well, hopefully the next decade. I think yeah. they'll acquit themselves quite well. Um, yeah, and I think if if Fallen supporters look objectively at rounds five to seven uh, or even, you know, at the start of the year, five to eight, uh, and if we had said, well, we'll split them two and two, um, mm-hmm. they'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, you know, and beat the Cats, that's probably the biggest tick of all. Um, you know, and given where Essendon were hoping to be at the start of this season, yeah. that was going to be, you know, and I mean, who knows? The Hawthorne Essendon games always throw up something unexpected. So, um, but if we win two out of those four games, I'm pretty happy with that four-week block, yeah. to be honest. So, mm-hmm. considering who we're playing. So, but uh, I think I was just really happy that they didn't uh, throw it in like they appeared to do against Sydney. Mm. I mean, different reasons against Sydney. Sydney had so much of the ball and so much of the play that you could just see they were absolutely exhausted. Um, so I don't necessarily think they threw in the towel. There was still a bit of effort there, but I was just knackered. Yeah. Um, whereas with Melbourne, they just kept coming and kept coming and just fell short. Mm. And uh, yeah, hopefully they carry that on to this week. Yeah, I, I can't say I hope for the same thing there, but <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, yes. Yeah, it w- wasn't quite as good a week for the Essendon Football Club. Um, I'll start with the positives. Um, this um, was announced uh, a week or so back, but I did want to um, acknowledge uh, Caitlin Sargent, who um, was a, um, a, has a committed to the Bombers for the upcoming AFLW season, a uh, young up-and-coming prospect out of the um, Western Jets. Um, she um, kicked 21 goals from her 10 games for the Jets this season. She also dominated in the um, under-18 championships, kicking three goals in Vic Metro's 53-point um, win over Vic Country. So I think she's um, going to fill a, a great hole up forward in that um, Essendon AFLW lineup. And I just wanted to Welcome, Caitlin, to the Bombers and look forward to watching her later on this year. Sounds like a good pickup. Mm-hmm. Happy with uh, that. Sticking with the uh, women, uh, 
The Bombers uh, clear on top now in the VFLW. Uh, Casey, well, thanks thanks to your team, uh, knocking yes. off uh, Casey in the um, VFLW last weekend. That puts us uh, clear on top yes. and um, guaranteed, guaranteed uh, mathematically guaranteed a final spot now. I mean, given recent results, it was highly unlikely they were going to miss out, but they're definitely guaranteed a spot in the finals now. Well, I think um, you are, Hamish. Because you're only you're 22 points ahead with four games to go. No, it's just saying, yeah, we are guaranteed a final yeah. spot. Now, apparently, apparently it wasn't guaranteed until this week, but it is now. Uh, yeah, same as us. Yeah, so I'll, so... I'll get on to, to my guys later. And girls. <laughs> yes. Um, the... Oh, yeah, sorry, we did we did skip ahead and um, forget about sorry. your VFL, VFL and VFLW side, but I, I've started now. So carry on. Yeah, carry on. That's fine. Um, yeah, so look, it's it's the um, same group each um, continuing to um, dominate. Uh, Federica Frew was um, got in front of goals, um, although there was um, one of the uh, debutantes, um, uh, Stephanie Asiak, um, kicked a goal as well, so good luck to her. Um, and, uh, you know, the same players getting a lot of possessions as well. Uh, Radford with 30, Nenskowen with 29. So it was just a great day out for the women. Um, not as high, to be honest, um, given how poorly the Bulldogs have done with their VFLW side, I probably expected them to score more highly, but I suppose they, they got the job done, 7-7-49 to two points. So, I mean, that there's still a fairly dominant win there if you hold the other team... Um, goalless and things yeah. are looking good for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, yeah. you've got to play the... Uh, well, actually, I thought we are playing each other this week. I think it's next week that the uh, VFL teams play... VFLW teams play each other. So, mm. yes. Anyway. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your VFLW team and then we can... Well, we might as well, yeah, we might yeah. as well do it that way. Uh, yeah. So, we uh, played Casey, who were the undefeated ladder leaders. Uh, sorry, I'm just getting the match report up. One second. Uh, and were convincing winners um, in the end uh, by uh, 39 points. Um, hang on one second. Sorry. There's computer issues going on here. So, yeah, so 39-point win over Casey at Box Hill. Um, Captain Tamara Luke, uh, I think, uh, has been named again as in the best. I think she kicked three goals and, and, and really dominated the game. Uh, for the girls, um, it was a really commanding performance. Um, the girls were encouraged to continue to trust and keep competing for the ball at quarter time because it was a pretty even first quarter. Um, and interestingly, Demons, Casey Demons, very tall team, uh, according to the report. Uh, whereas Hawthorne has um, got a few sneaky small forwards and the like. So, um, one of our better, or one of our AFLW recruits, Zoe Babakos, has been stretched off the ground with an knee injury. So hopefully it's not too serious, uh, but uh, not a good look, I suppose, especially with the upcoming AFLW season. Only, Only three months away. Yeah, exactly. So fingers crossed um, uh, it's not an ACL or something like that where she actually will probably miss the whole season if that's the case. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Captain Tamara Luke sort of lifted the morale straight after that with her third goal. Um, and, uh, and the girls uh, reminded at halftime uh, to look for their own tall forwards um, in the forward line because um, uh, that was the avenue they wanted to go for goal. And then a dominating second half mm-hmm. set up the 39-point victory uh, 
7-11-53 to 2-2-14. So very miserly in defence. Uh, Melbourne, or sorry, Casey kicked one point after quarter time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a, a great effort by the girls and uh, hopefully they can carry on for the rest of the season and uh, take out the title. Yeah. Yeah, um, we'll be doing our best to make sure that trophy comes out to the <laughs> hangar. But um, you're right, it is two weeks away before we face each other. Um. Sunday the 15th at 11.30am out at Box Hill. Oh, we might have to make that a date. Yes, we'll, we'll see what we can do about um, getting down there. I'll see if I can stick it in the diary. Um, did you want to talk about your VFL team as well before I go into ranting about the men's teams at um, the Hangar? <laughs> well, we might as well. Well, uh, the boys lost uh, to the Casey Demons by seven points uh, in a pretty close run affair. Although if you look at the scoreboard, uh, Casey kicked 10 goals, 19 uh, to 11 goals, 6. So the Melbourne Reserves suffered the same fate as their senior teammates from a week earlier when the Demons kicked 9 goals, 22 against the Tigers. Uh, so that would show or suggest that uh, they were a fair bit stronger on the day. But um, going through the report, uh, Hawthorne certainly never, never threw in the towel, or Box Hill, I should say. Um, Ed Phillips was the best performer for us with um, 31 touches and 15 marks. Uh, and, uh, you know, he could be someone who gets picked up in the mid-season draft. Uh, you know, uh, he's had some pretty good form the first uh, few rounds of the of the VFL season. So uh, he's named in the best. Damien Masidi was also, uh, you know, uh, one of our better players. Uh, with 24 touches. Uh, Hawthorne listed uh, key forward Emerson Jecker. Uh, looked the goods. Uh, three goals from uh, four marks and 11 touches. That's his best performance of the year so far, which is good to see. Um, he played a couple of senior games in the AFL last year. Probably looked a bit out of his depth, but um, you know, it was the first half of the season where Hawthorne worked great, and even some of the more senior players looked out of their depth at that stage. So... Um, uh, Anyway, um, the Demons got out, oh, sorry, yeah, Casey got out to a 26-point lead midway through the third quarter and um, Hawthorne kept uh, kept coming to set up a, a great finish. Um, Demons are up by 17 points at uh, the final change uh, and uh, Hawthorne rattled on five goals in the last quarter, sorry, Box Hill, I should say, uh, but uh, ultimately went down by seven points. So sitting... Uh, Outside of the eight in the VFL, but uh, some promising signs over the last three weeks. Mm. Now, everybody, sit back, relax. This could take a, a while. Go and grab a cup of tea or a Bonox or maybe something a bit heavier. Mm-hmm. We're about to let Hamish off the leash. I don't know. All yours, go- my man. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on out at Tullamarine. Um, I'll start with the VFL side. They is it, is it the be... third runway? Is it? Yeah, maybe that's what they're worried about. Maybe they're worried about the third runway and the sound. Like it's not even there yet. Maybe, it, but maybe that's what's stressing them out. Is um, it? Is it the Barlow Group with compulsory acquisitions and and Marbo and the vibe of the It's the vibe. It's the vibe. <laughs> it's um um. I I've got no idea what's going on, but the, the problem is happening in both sides. Like at um. Let's look at the VFL. At halftime, Essendon was leading. You know, it was only 4-6 four, to 4-3. Four, they were only leading by three points, but they were leading. And then they allowed um, the Bulldogs to pile on seven goals in the third turn. Like, there's there's no defence 
uh, or there's no plan B. There doesn't seem to be anything that can sort of turn it around. If they, um, it, and you know, it happened across both games. You know, if the, the rebound just happens too quickly and the other teams are scoring too easily. So I don't know, um, given that with the Essendon sides are supposed to be that work, working class, hardworking um, type team and they're supposed to grind it out. They don't just don't seem to be, um, be able to deliver. If, you know, there were some good positive signs in the VFL, I suppose. They they um, did grind it back in the last term, kicking four goals, five to two goals, two. So, you know, they, they didn't give up, but giving up seven goals in the third quarter is what cost them what should have been their first win for the season. Um, you know, there were, there were some positives there, I guess. Uh, some of their AFL-listed players... Um, being amongst their best with, um, you know, McDonough and Hind all both having good games. Braden Ham had 21 disposals and 11 marks as well. So there's a few players that are why, pushing. Why is Nick Hind in the twos? It would have been long odds last year to be put in the twos. Um, look, he was getting, he was still getting a lot of possessions, but uh, he hadn't been as effective in recent weeks with his possessions, having said that after last weekend's result, it wouldn't surprise him if he's fairly much straight back in there because um, he he gives a bit of presence across the back line that um, doesn't seem to be there currently. And, um, you know, maybe there were a few players that were a bit lost there on the weekend. I don't think that's the um, biggest problem there, though, and I don't think he was going to be the difference between uh, winning and losing on Sunday afternoon. Um, but having said that you know they, they've got to they've got to keep rolling the dice and keep trying something because what they're doing currently isn't working do you um, agree with do you agree with Lloydie's criticism they're over possessing the ball too much handball not enough um you know possessions for the boys but not enough actual damaging oh, possessions the, the um you know the fact that uh parish and um and, you know, I, I, I think some of the criticism that comes out about Parrish is unfair. I think he is a damaging player and he can do a lot with it. But Parrish and Merritt getting 40-plus possessions each and losing the way they do is, is over-possession of the ball. And you could see it um, all the time. Like, they, they're looking for the handball first and they're often handballing it to a player. I've sort of moved on to ranting about the um, senior <laughs> team now. But, yeah, they're, they're looking for the player... Um, close to them and handballing it and just getting themselves into trouble. There's no like Essendon at its best where they do that move the ball slickly but when they're it's almost like they've been worked out by opposition teams already and it's just you know they're going to look for Merritt or they're going to look for Parrish or they're going to look for McGrath so you crowd them out and they're still going to look for them and then you tackle you turn it over you kick a goal Mm. yeah and and, um, I like that there's no plan B. There's no, uh, well, well, maybe we'll give it a go. Maybe we'll kick it long. Maybe we'll try something different. Um, and, you know, they've got two, they've got two big players that can take those marks um, in um, right. And Draper, Draper, Draper can't kick, but Draper can take a mark. So, you know, <laughs> look long for them, do that, at least get the ball moving forward and um, mix it up a bit. Um, and, you know, they started, they started well on, Sunday afternoon and you know I dared to dream for about three minutes there when um Guelphie took a mark and kicked the first goal within two minutes I thought oh maybe it is going to um turn around but you know it was downhill from there and downhill very quickly um Nick Cox injured himself which meant Shield could get back in there and um 
I'm not sure Shield should ever have been axed. I'm not sure we should have paid him as much money as we did on a long-term deal, but they're a different side when he's in it. So um, he at least um, puts a bit of pressure on there in the middle. But again, another one that gets a lot of possessions as well at the same time mm. that aren't necessarily the best. Um, but I look... I don't know what the solution is, but um, it's, I, I do know that Essendon fans are, fit, are notoriously fickle, and if they don't turn the results around um, sooner rather than later, they're going to they're going to start banging down the doors at um, Tullamarine, demanding the sacking of someone, and um, bring Hurdy back. There's more chance at the moment. There's more chance of James Hurd coaching a Premiership side at Essendon than is at Ben Rutten, given the current list. <laughs> well, it can't be the it can't be the list. I mean, the list was good last year. It has to be they've either tried to change something and it's not working and it's time to revert back to type or mm-hmm. uh, go away and have a few beers somewhere and just have a few laughs and take yeah. a bit of the pressure off and you know, and, and let the boys have a rip on the weekend. Yeah, uh, go away for an end-of-season camp, um, an end-of-season camp like Adelaide did, eh? Well, I'm not saying that. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a bonfire and a couple yeah. of beers and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, away from prying eyes and yeah. you know just mm-hmm. to have a few make it fun and have a few laughs and get some enjoyment back somewhere but uh, they look like they're playing under pressure and not pressure yeah. from the opposition but pressure of failure and pressure of not delivering what they promised last year so yeah um, yeah I've been banging on for hashtag 7000 it's it's creeping ever closer Hamish but it, um, is. it is you know um, and I enjoy Essendon's frustration as much as anyone but uh yeah, they, they were a good side last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the players are the same players. So it's, it's the same list. Um, well, I mean, um, yeah, there, there is no defence. The defence is the problem. Like, they, they, they thought they could lock down Aaron Norton. And to be fair, they did that very well. But they left too many other players open to go and yeah. score goals. You, yeah. you, you do that and, um, you know... Um, McNeil kicks three, Dunkley kicks two. There's all Wallace kicks two, Waitman kicks two. They they, they just um, it gave them the opportunity to spread the ball around because they didn't have one particular defense defensive person that could um, take Norton out. They had to um, go and cover him, and that ended up um, costing them across the ground. Is the defense too attacking, or trying to be too attacking? Like are they just not defending enough as the first thought? Like a good defense's first thought is defense, and then they build off that and go the other way. It's, I know. Uh, I, I I don't blame the I don't blame the defense at Essendon. I think they're doing the best job that they can. The, the, a lot of the problem is turnovers. Like there's a lot of goals scored from turnovers. It'll be in the Essendon. There's no offensive pressure there. Right. So if the ball yeah. turns over, it ends up down the other end. And because the defense, of the setup that they were trying to do this season with no actual key defender, and it's more your intercept marks and you're trying to chop off them. Um, if that turnaround there and a key forward gets on a lead, there's no one there to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, hopefully the, uh, the wire continues for another week, mate. Nah. After that, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Would you, you just reckon one more week and then everything will be fine? Well, one more week. I don't really care. <laughs> no. uh, look, I, I, they're, they're going to have to try something um, because, <laughs> you know, it's gone from, um, you know, even the coach's words post um, game, he's um, changing a week or so ago. It was, oh, you know, we're a young side and we're still learning now. It's like, oh, no, we understand it's frustrating and we're frustrated too. And it's like, yeah, um, it's, and the drums are only going to get louder if the the results don't improve quicker. It's And it's not so much 
the winning or losing. It's um, the fickle nature of the team at the moment. Like, yes, they lost to Collingwood, but at least they were competitive. Yeah. They just weren't in the game. Yeah. Well, 32 points doesn't sound like a belting, though. Yeah. Or, but... or, is, it, or is it a few late ones papering over cracks? I think there was a couple of late ones that made Essendon look a bit better um, in... In, in the grand scheme of things. But also that comes down to the Bulldogs aren't that good. They're not the same side they were last year. No, definitely not. Yeah. So, well, I feel for you, mate. Mm-hmm. We were there last year, this same time last year. Very, very frustrating. Yeah. It led to the greatest coach of all time being sacked. So good luck, Ben Rutten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring back the greatest coach of all time in James Hurd and give him his chance <laughs> again. Um, you know, he's found the love for the sport again. Could you imagine the fairy tale James Heard coaching a team that his son's playing in uh, premiership glory at the Bombers? It would be the perfect uh, fairy just... tale ending to the AFL's decade-long, well, two-decade-long attack on the Bombers. You know, if he <laughs> came back got... next year, then we won in 2024. That'd be 20 years after um he got unfairly maligned for daring to talk <laughs> about how bad the umpiring was at the time. That'd be perfect. Oh, look. Actually, I'm going to start that campaign. Let, yeah, bring back Herdy. That's it. That's um. That's the yeah, campaign I'm starting. Hashtag nepotism is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yep. James Hurd is the solution to all of the Essendon Football Club's problems. Yeah, and you heard so, he said, first. so he says by working at GWS um, or wherever but, he's gone to now. Yes, no, he's just he's just making sure he's still got a love and a passion for the game. But <laughs> the James Heard Academy still exists at the Essendon Football Club. He can take a consulting job somewhere else in the short term. There's no coaching role yet, but when it comes when it comes back, he'll be ready to step into the breach again and um, show everyone what he was capable of and is capable of. I'm looking forward to it. Well, this is a sad thing. He's actually showing that he was a pretty damn good coach as well. It's not often a damn good player becomes a damn good coach, and he was showing it. And unfortunately, just. Uh... Stuffed up in his blind spot. So, that one. I mean, look, I, I think there were bigger problems there in terms of him being pushed before he was ready and not being given the chance to actually learn the ropes. Mm. And, you know, if he'd spent some time as an assistant coach, maybe he'd have um, hadn't learnt that you don't necessarily trust people the same way that he ended up trusting people and the expectations of it there. But, right. or he at least have learnt where to actually keep his eyes on and what was going on. Yes. But, uh, Unfortunately, that's not the way it panned out. No. So we can dream, Hamish. We can dream. I, I am going to go to bed with, you know, you put you put the ideas back in my head, positive <laughs> dreams tonight. James Heard, Premiership coach of the Essendon Football Club. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, I wish you all the best. One week at a time, though. Let's look at yeah. next round and um, um, share some early tips, uh, bearing in mind that obviously as injuries and whatnot come out, they may change. Uh, later in the week, but uh, on Friday, we have Double two Friday off. night games. Um, first, Port Adelaide and the Bulldogs. Oh, geez. Toss of the coin. Probably go the power. Yeah. Although, coming back from Cairns, heavy legs. Genuine toss of the coin, this one. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go the draw. Oh. Mm. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I, I can I easily think... see myself tipping the Bulldogs, to be fair. So. <laughs> Yeah, at, at this stage, you know, early week, I'm thinking, oh, you know, it's in Adelaide. But then, mm. you know, I watched the Bulldogs and I, I watched a bit the highlights of the other one and, you know, the Bulldogs were better in my opinion. Um, but, you know, Port Adelaide also got the job done as well. So who knows? Mm. I think the next one's pretty obvious. Um, 
you can get ten dollars fifty about um <laughs> North, about Melbourne. North Melbourne if you're a gambler, but I wouldn't yeah. be taking the ten dollars fifty. I think no, it's a matter of how be... much um the Dockers win by on the week on Friday night would be the question. No, I think so. It might be good for North to get out of Melbourne and get away and you know mm-hmm. give it a real crack, but uh, yeah. No, or at least give themselves some three sixty degree feedback. Well, Friday night lights, at least I'll be able to see the whole game. Yeah. So. Uh, the Tigers take on the Pies. Oh, this is an ugly game. Collingwood yeah. are playing well. Uh, beating you guys, beat the Gold Coast in a couple of weeks, uh, in you know, the last two weeks. Richmond coming off a very soft victory. Oh, it's an ugly game to tip this one. You'd probably say Richmond. But Collingwood are just playing. They've got a good role going with, um, mm. you know, their kids playing well. Confidence is up. So, wouldn't be surprised if they got it either. Yeah, I think Richmond at their best yeah. should win. But yeah. like you, would not be surprised if the Pies get across the line. So, um, this one's kind of a toss of a coin for me as to um, who I end up tipping. But um, probably leaning just towards Richmond at this stage. Yeah, I think... Uh... Well, I'm sitting on the fence for this one completely. I'll probably say the pies for the minute, but um, that could easily change come selection. Yeah, Swans and Suns. Uh, you have to go to the Swans. Gold mm. Coast were pretty good on Sunday, but, you know, as I said, I think we said last week, if they were going to be anything, that Sunday's game against Collingwood is a game they win. And yeah. they didn't. And Sydney will be too strong. Uh, Giants, Cats. I'm going to tip the Giants. Yeah, uh, I'm going to back in my prediction for Geelong and the slide to continue. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Toby Green back and another week under his belt, he's going to um, dominate up there and I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, Bombers and Hawks. Well, I think we're tipping our own teams, aren't we? You know, I'm, I'm a degenerate gambler and as much as I'd love to see the Bombers win, I, I, I don't know that they can get across the line. I, I just don't <laughs> see enough in them. So um, I'm going to have to back the Hawks. Oh, Hamish. Wow. You're in for a Tin Man Award. I like it. I just, I can't, I, look, I, I can't see them turning it around. Like, yeah. Watching both games, um, the Hawthorne's in much better form and um, got yeah. much more to look forward to. And... Um, yeah, I like, like I said, we got that. we got no defense. So you know, if um, Kaczynski plays like he did again, and um, mm. you know, I like the fact everything else up forward. Mm. Yeah, I like the fact you're a pragmatist when it comes to tipping. Yeah. Take emotion out of it. Yeah. Having said that, I'll um, if we do hit, somehow get across the line, I'll really <laughs> enjoy um, next week's podcast and later this year. But, um, <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll just sit here on be <laughs> shaking my fist. Yeah. Um, how many goals are the Lions going to beat West Coast by? Oh, 15, well, 20. If Richmond get across by 18, you'd probably have to say 25, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, can't see West Coast getting within 80 points. Yeah. Um, I think Melbourne will get the job done against the Saints, but I think yeah. we'll see a yeah. much more competitive game from them as well than they put on yeah. last week. I think this game will be similar to the Melbourne Hawthorne game. It'll be pretty close. Melbourne might get out to a sort of a five goal lead and kill it or peg it back a bit. So yeah. I reckon the Demons between 10 and 20 points. Yeah. And um, to wrap out the round, we've got Carlton versus Adelaide on Sunday afternoon. You have to say the Blues. Yeah. 
Uh, it's uh, yeah, Adelaide will want to response after their poor poor effort against the Giants, but uh, I think the Blues will be too strong. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like I, I just think you know, in recent form, you have to say the Blues and even Adelaide. Yes, I don't think it'll be as poor as it was last week, but um, I don't think they've got enough to get it across the line. No, agree. Mm-hmm. How'd your super coach teams go last round? Well, I won one out of four, apparently. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you beat me, which is annoying. Excellent. Yes, I did <laughs> see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would have I would have um, had a couple of hundred points more to it, except I picked Jack McRae as my captain instead of Max Gorn. So oh, I, I went the other I went the yeah. other way. Yeah. So instead of um 170 instead of what 400 points or whatever it would have been 380 um i only got 179 so yeah no i went the other way i'd had mccray captain for most of the year and went with gorn because i didn't think hawthorne had a ruckman to really touch him yeah and uh you know in the end you beat me by 80 odd points so that was disappointing um but uh yeah what do you do so one team one member of our league hamish i'll point out Dan, the data man, 2,600 points he scored this week. 2,600 points. And did he, did that, what, what did that put him in? Do we know? Um, uh, no, I don't. Uh, but he messaged me on uh, last night, the round seven score of 2,636. He was ranked 770 for the round, which is amazing. Yeah. That's the that's a massive score. Yeah, in other still, in other rounds that would have potentially put him top ten or almost won it. So that's yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and his overall rank for the year is a tick under seven thousand five hundred. So Dan is certainly leading the charge, albeit not leading our league, but <laughs> that's a yeah. huge score. So, yeah, yeah, given that to my season rank, he's um, 68,768. Yeah. I've got a bit of work to do. I, I think I'm behind you even further. So, yes, agreed. Um, so, yeah, so interesting. What are you, anything you're going to do with your team this week? Um, I don't need to make wholesale changes this week. I've got a few injured bench players that I may um, trade out, but there's not a huge list that I kind of am particularly excited about bringing in i haven't um but having said that we'll see whatever we'll, we'll see what everyone else trades and do a bit of research and see what else is being brought in and yeah see if we can, uh, lift it up I, a bit i'm the same i'm hoping that uh luke jackson for the demons clears protocols this week um and uh you know we'll see what happens with patty mccartan whether he mm-hmm. plays or not he might be on the block uh just to see if I can get another, yeah, someone who plays. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I need to somehow get some cash to uh, beef up my midfield. But uh, so far, we're uh, struggling to find those options. Mm. Anyway, such is life. Such is life. Um, and there's uh, as weeks a long time in football. There's a lot of time between now and Friday. I like, I like as much as I like watching Thursday night football. That extra day to sort out your tipping and sort out your um, yeah, super makes... coach slides does make life a little easier. I just enjoy the fact that we had a proper round of football with you know Friday night, five matches on the Saturday, three on the Sunday. Mm. Uh, I was yearning. I was I was actually yearning for the fact of just having the house myself so I could watch all five games on Saturday. But uh, alas, that ain't going to happen. Not to so. be. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Not with two young kids and a wife who's heavily invested in election campaigns and a master's degree. So, uh, 
Yeah, you might have yeah. to wait at least well at least three weeks for that, but then you might get your opportunity. No, you're never going to get your opportunity. No, so don't don't give me false hope, please. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and until next week, and until we get to this, um to see who takes out the inaugural line in the sand um, game award oh, and um, the come with a trophy. boasting rights uh, for next week. Have a good week, everyone, and go Bombers. See you soon, everyone. Thank you.